Welcome to the Sooner Catholic Podcast. After a brief hiatus, I am back with my, my brother and my friend, Trevor Bereka. Thank you for listening to this week's episode on prayer. Yeah, so Trevor and I have been, been talking. We've been putting the feelers out there with, with the students. There is interest in revamping and resurrecting the podcast. And, and Trevor and I have just been talking about what, what's the purpose of this thing? What do we want to do and accomplish through it? And I think the consensus is that we want to have this be an addendum to the holy grounds that happens each week. Do you want to define or explain that word for, yeah. for, for, for the listener? Since I didn't know what that word meant about three minutes ago. <laughs> well, I just, I know that context it's used. I don't know if I know the definition, but <laughs> no, it's just an ability to, to follow up and, and expand and even share our own thoughts and prayers and, and conversations that we've had with, with whatever the Holy Grounds topic has been uh, on that week. So I, I really just think we'll keep this one brief. We don't have a lot of time in our schedule even this week to elaborate. But we just kind of want to talk about the last two weeks of prayer briefly. And, and uh, yeah, I just want to know, Trevor, what's what's been sticking out to you the, the past two weeks? <clears throat> yeah, not to – it really sucks that you're here because I don't want to hype you up. But uh, <laughs> I think I I really liked the practical tips that you gave specifically on uh, preoccupation because I think that oftentimes with me in prayer that that, that is the biggest thing that, you know, I, I show up, I, I'll book out that time in my schedule, like I make it consistent, I'm there – but my mind is many places. I'm like Martha from, I believe, I'm going to guess. I'm going to go on a limb and say it's, it's tomorrow's gospel because today's was the section right before that in Luke. But I feel like Martha, right, when she's saying, you know, Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and anxious about many things. I think that's me like in prayer. And so I think that having this idea of setting aside time to, to write down the things that I'm preoccupied with before I enter into that space and use that as an intentional prayer of trust and surrender and humility to be, Lord, I take this thing, take these things from me. Allow me to trust them into your hands because I know that you are already stewarding these things and working them out for my good before I could even think to worry or be anxious about them in the first place. So it's an opportunity to really allow that trust. Off, you know that, that prayer itself is attempting to build that trust and attempting to grow in that trust. So I think it's a really practical way to really set, set the tone for that time and, and to lay aside all those other things. So that was huge. I've, I've actually been doing that. pulled out my journal yesterday and in my holy hour and started writing down um, all the things I was preoccupied with in order to enter into that space more fully. So that's one thing I think. Yeah. What, what about you? That's really good. Just on that note, I, I recognize that like, and I don't know where this comes from. I think one place it can come from uh, just like this kind of habitual um, routine of going to the chapel and or the church. The moment you get there, you just like kneel down and you're just like, yeah, I'm so pious. Like I'm just like, I'm here. I'm ready to pray, go deep. And then all the distractions hit. And internally, you're not even like present where you are, and but externally, like it seems like it. Mm-hmm. And I think some some of it's hoping that your soul, mind, and heart would follow your body, and there's sometimes just, just like a, a lack of congruence there. But yeah, I, I recognize that that was kind of my routine too of just like get on my knees and instantly just zone out. And I was preoccupied with a whole bunch of things. And so mm-hmm. even part of this has been like for me of like I know and you know that the the internal disposition I have is more important than the external. And so even when I go in and, and genuflect and, and say a quick prayer or trace a cross over my forehead so the Lord would stay on my mind during that time, uh, I'll get I'll just sit down almost immediately now and I'll yeah I'll start writing my preoccupations and address these things, address the elephant in the room so I'm not just thinking about it the whole time. And then later on when I like when my heart and my mind are in the right place, then I'll kneel and my body follows 
my internal rather than rather than hoping for the opposite. So I think there's even a part of that for me. It's kind of kicking the habit of immediately kneeling because it seems like it's right or it seems like it's the pious holy thing mm-hmm, to do. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll just instantly now just go in and sit, write all the things that are preoccupying me, and then be really attentive to the Lord, I think, during that time. So yeah, that's been really good for me. And all those things I shared were, were current and, and real and good. Um, yeah. Some, something I've been thinking about, and I've had some good conversations with people about this lately, and I'd love to know your thoughts on it. I haven't had this conversation with you. So I think that some people, when we think of prayer, <clears throat> a lot of people, when they think about it on, in the terms of a daily commitment, something that they're going to do every single day, something that they're going to you know, purposely preoccupy themselves with God in an intentional way during that time and set aside other things. I think oftentimes, especially for those you know, college students specifically, that there's, it's a lot of checklists, right? It's like you have homework here, you have this class, this meeting, you know, this group hangout. It can kind of sort of turn into another one of those things. And it often feels, I think, overwhelming. And what results from that feeling overwhelming is I think sometimes people feel like it's disingenuous, right? They're like, hey, you know, I'm setting aside this time for prayer, but but I don't really want to be here. And I feel like I'm just working for God's favor. Maybe talk. I'd love to hear your thoughts on like why it's still good to set aside that time, even if your heart's not like necessarily in it that day. Like, do you think that it's still important mm-hmm. to hold that commitment, even when it feels like you're just going through the motions? Like it basically is going through the motions okay and even a good thing when it comes to God in the place mm-hmm. of like always having the emotional desire to be there. And maybe you can even reflect on it in, in comparison with your marriage and like oh, what yeah. that looks like, fidelity and your, your relationship with Hillary. Yeah, all those things are coming up. And I know that you and I most likely see exactly eye to eye on this. But yeah, the something that's coming to mind is just like the, the, the contrast, uh, but even the overlap between duty responsibility and love right like between like this this dutiful responsibility and this loving responsibility so it's like yeah the the end goal of my relationship with god is that i would i would love him and be loved by him and the end goal of my marriage is that i'd be that i would love hillary and be loved by her and there is a sense of responsibility there is a sense of duty and some days it's just reduced to that some days it is so hard right in family life or in marriage or whatever for you know because I'm meek and uh, or not meek because I'm you know a sinful human being that, that it's difficult sometimes some days where I just need to do what I need to do because it's before me and, and it's being put on my shoulders and then but like the difference is when I remember and I recall or allow myself to be open to, to the reminder that that it is all about love those are my best days but that doesn't mean that I can just like not do what I'm supposed to do mm-hmm. during the bad mm-hmm. days right it's not like I can just walk out and leave my family and things like that and even just the thought of that and and like the the heartbreak that would cause is is immense so yeah there are days that we do just have to rely on the on the dutiful aspect of prayer or or marriage or whatever it is until we are again in in a place realizing that it is about love so I think there's and and a part of it is just like you don't need to hide that right like you don't need to hide that from your spouse you don't need to hide that from the Lord of like hey I'm just struggling and even though I know that like the deep conversation I want to have with you it's just so difficult because I am scattered. I am preoccupied. I am tired. I am sinful. Like, it's just not letting me get there. And even just being willing to express that, it is usually even a doorway to re-entering, like mm. the doorway of love mm. again. There, there are days where I'm like, Lord, I just, I'm like, last night I was praying at like 1130 because I either put it off all day or couldn't, I couldn't fit it in my the gaps in my schedule and I didn't prioritize it in the, early in the morning and they caught up with me. But I was praying last night at like 1130 p.m. And I fell asleep like maybe six or seven times reading a page and a half devotional, you know, mm-hmm. and I was just like, Lord, this is the best I have. This is the best I have. Do I want my prayer to look like that always? No. Was it better to pray and have that small time where I was trying my absolute best than, than just to call it an early night? Yeah. 
And I think that that kind of night will bear fruit because other times when I'm weak, then I'll be able to recall like, Lord, even out of like just love for you or even a sense of duty, I still did what was difficult. And now that I'm in a good place, I can see how that was a testament of my love. Even if it just seemed dutiful and, my, and like I was just fulfilling my responsibility to my checklist, I can see now when I'm in a good place again, that it was an act of love. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like <clears throat> the reason I've been thinking about this a lot is I've been kind of at odds with maybe a, a cultural message that's been ingrained in me. And this has actually been processing for a couple years now. But just the message that like whatever you do in your life, like you should always feel as if that thing, like you should all, like it, it's disingenuine if you do something and you're not like actively feeling the emotion or, or, the, or the, the desire or the passion that should underlay that, that specific thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just so dangerous, both in our life of God and in our, in our life of work, in our life of relationship, um, because it, it almost assumes this, this fantasy reality in which we, like we are human beings are always consistent in what we desire. Because the reality is, like, you know this on a day-to-day basis. Like, I can let, barely let alone whether or not I want a baked potato or, or home-fried potatoes. <laughs> let alone, like, whether or not, you know, I want to love God first. or You know, like, we are very, by nature, inconsistent people. And, and our desires and passions pull us in many different directions. Mm-hmm. And if something is good, you know, it, it's meant to be, like, good in all, like, or maybe not good in all circumstances. But a good thing, like, shouldn't, like, lack in its goodness because I might be drawn to another this or that thing. Especially something, in the case of God, that is this, not just, like, good, but he is goodness itself. Like, he is the source of all that is good. And so I think, like, yeah, to realize, I think there's a lie that we've been fed that, like, duty is opposed to love. Mm-hmm. Whereas, in reality, I think duty is a part of love. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the responsibility of choosing, like, this good above other goods that might be offered to me in the moment. I mean, choosing it even when it's, it seems impossible. You know, like I can remember many nights, like throughout college, whenever I would make this commitment to pray like a certain amount. And it would, like you said, it'd be like the, you know, 1 a.m. You know, I might have been out with friends or, or I'm coming back late and I'm like praying on my rosary. And people would be like, that's ridiculous. Like you literally just out, you know, hanging out with people, virtuously partying uh, for, for, <laughs> for a while, right? And, and then you're coming back and, you know, praying your rosary in your bed at 1.30. You're falling asleep. Like, you didn't really prioritize it. Why are you doing it? But I think the idea is like, no, like that time is a time I, I promised to give the Lord and I'm going to give it to him whether or not, like, you know, it, it was the first moment of my day. And it's the reality that, like, as broken people, sometimes I'll give exactly. God a lesser gift than I should, but it still is, like, the gift is always uh-huh. still appreciated by him, you know? Exactly. Um, There's two yeah. thoughts with that. The first is, like, when it, whenever it's like whenever we're giving to the Lord or a spouse or a friend or whatever whatever that it is that we can and even if it seems little it always goes back to the feeding of the 4,000 and 5,000 of, of the, the few bread few few fish and it like it, it always pairs in comparison with like what seems like it's needed or is due or is proper or would be satisfactory to God mm-hmm. and yet he just blesses it abundantly and, yes. I, and I've seen that like times when I talk myself out of prayer or out of virtue or out of love with my spouse or with God and I offer him nothing. That is what is unfruitful. But mm-hmm. if even if I'm even if I'm falling asleep six seven times in a page and a half devotional, like there is immense fruit in there. And the next day I'm like, Lord, thank you for giving me the grace to pray because there's so many times I, I would just be like, Yeah, you know, I'm tired. I'm just gonna call it a night. And I, and I can tell that there's love behind that. The other thing that you're saying is just like so good of like this gap between like our emotions and our actions and sometimes how they don't line up. Sometimes we we do things out of a sense of duty because that motion of love or of desire, whatever is not there. And that just made me realize like that incongruence or disintegration in our being is like in, in every kind of dimension or faculty of our life. So like emotional, relational, spiritual, physical, like like reminds you like when I saw you today, like I've been 
so much looking forward to, to seeing you and hanging out with you and recording the podcast emotionally. And then when I saw you, I was tired physically, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, what's up, Trev? Yeah, it's good to good to hang. And and, <laughs> and there was like a there was an incongruence there that where like emotionally I was excited, physically I was so tired, right? And so does that make it disingenuous when the when those two are not matching up? It's like mm-hmm. absolutely not. And it, it's just I think part of it is like is remembering, is it's just remembering of like even in difficult moments where there is where there is that incongruence is remembering right so like there's going to be times too where like spiritually emotionally you want to pray but intellectually you might start to like make excuses that seem valid for why you shouldn't or why it's okay not to and i think i think it's just it's holding firm in those moments of incongruence whether physically emotionally intellectually that there is some kind of incongruence with what's most important it's still holding firm in those times and realizing that it's even more genuine when you when you are holding firm during those times. Yeah. yeah. And and I think one thing I would challenge you, the listener, and you, Alex, uh, and all of us, you know, <laughs> I think Alex may or may I, I can't assume here. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into your heart. But I think like oftentimes the reason that we aren't willing um, to, to kind of hold it through through thick and thin. Like if you've ever done a diet before, there's some people I know that are incredibly disciplined with their body, like with, with working out or, or diets and stuff. But when it comes to prayer, it's fruitless. Like they don't, they're not disciplined. I know people that some, I know a lot of people that are incredibly disciplined when it comes to their homework. Some people are incredibly disciplined when it comes to maybe their time on, on 2k or FIFA, right? They're going to give a time <laughs> every single day. You better believe it. The reason that we do those things is because we're convicted that like it is something that should be a part of our daily life. And I, and I think that oftentimes the reason that people don't commit to that, that daily life of prayer is that they haven't like, well, it's one of two things. One, they've never like done it consistently enough that they saw fruit from it. Um, right. Because it's like kind of like going to the gym or, or, or doing a diet. Like if you do, if you go to the gym for two straight weeks, and then don't for the next like six of course like you're not going to see the fruitfulness like sometimes it takes right. like the, the like skin in the game like you got to do it for a while the same thing is true of a diet like i don't know how many of you people have ever heard of keto diet but like you, you literally cannot do the keto diet unless you do it for like a month because your body like takes time to readjust right. it to like entering into ketosis like continually to to get energy and if you break it for a day it actually like throws you out of the cycle and you have to restart. Now, I don't think that's necessarily the same as prayer. You know, if you miss a day, you can hop back on the wagon. But I think the idea is like, if you don't give something consistent time, like how can you accurately judge whether or not it's going to be important in your life? Like if you actually legitimately haven't given it a chance to do it day in, day out for like a month. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's just not really a fair evaluation. And the second thing is I think people fall off because they enter a new stage of life and they think that it's like, you know, impossible to do it in the same way as they did it before because their schedule is different or because, you know, the thing, the other things in their life are different. So there's like a, a change of, of setting. There's a change of environment that causes people to try to struggle to fit it in. And of course, Satan's game is he's going to try to use as many things to throw at you as possible to convince you that in this new setting, it just has to be, you know, impossible to do. Whereas I think Alex's whole point is like, yeah, it's never impossible. It just, it might take sometimes like you literally giving the bet, this little offering that you have and, and letting it be blessed and, and mm-hmm. sanctified. So I would just say like, as far as it pertains to prayer, you know, really like if you if you want to see these fruits, if you want to talk about this idea of like we we will be dutiful and we will be diligent to the things that we believe are worthy of our of our duty and diligence. And if you've seen like if you haven't seen like the Lord like blessing you by giving him that time of consistent prayer, like I would just challenge you to try it. Like get just give it a shot. Like what are you going to lose? You do if you give 30 minutes a day for a month, like <laughs> I mean, how many minutes is that? That's what? 15 hours at the end of your at the end of your month. Like that's more time less time than you probably spent on social media maybe in a couple weeks you know if you're the average american so that would just be a thought 
Yeah. I like that of just like taking time to, to just see like, okay, what, what goes wrong in this effort? We, one, we kind of talked about the incongruence with like the different parts of us, like physically, emotionally, intellectually, right? And then succumbing to those. Next, we talked about like not having consistency long enough to see fruitfulness in our life. And then you um, also mentioned kind of blaming the circumstance or the situation and not taking responsibility and mm-hmm. seeing how you can still mm-hmm. take control of your prayer life in that sense. I think the, the one last thing that's coming to mind and then we can wrap up is this idea of preoccupation of if at the end of the day, prayer, all it is to you is the 30 minutes, it, it won't be fruitful. Just like if a diet is reduced down to one 30-minute segment of the day, it won't be fruitful, right? The only reason that a diet is successful is consistency, but also because you are preoccupied with it. Because the way that you're snacking, the way that you're eating at every meal, you're reminded continually of it and its importance, right? Yeah. So like with, again, to reiterate, like preoccupation, like if you're only thinking about God and holding him in your mind and heart for those 30 minutes a day, it'll quickly become a duty to checklist, right? Just like if I only think about my wife and my kids when I go home through the door, the, I, yeah, they, they really won't be on my mind and my heart, but everything else I was thinking about throughout the, throughout the rest of the day will. So mm-hmm. that's just why it's so important to revisit preoccupation of what is on my mind and my heart. Is God the center of my life? Like, do I desire him to be? Do I find my rest, encouragement in him? Am I meditating, reflecting on him throughout the day? Things like that. So that, that will make you excited to pray. But if it's just reduced down to those 30 minutes, it's, it can really, yeah, just feel very dry and, and even inauthentic because it's just a 30-minute thing of the day I need, I need to check off. So don't be discouraged. Be consistent in it. Um, yeah, to so be consistent to, to let the fruit abide and, and be produced in your life. Don't blame it on the schedule, the circumstance. Take responsibility. You can carve out this time and protect it. And, and then don't, yeah, don't be discouraged when emotionally or, or intellectually it's not making sense to you, resonating in that moment. But stay firm to that sense of dutiful love. Trevor, it was just good just to dive in, even just for the short time we had today to talk about this. I appreciate yeah. you making time. It was great, baby. Great to get back on. Look forward to, to continuing to get this time in the future. All right. Ciao. Blessings and peace. I guess Neil got it done. He got to the moon. He's like, he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bench press my way there. <laughs> my name is Neil Armstrong. <laughs> oh my god! Can you imagine if there was like a similar comparison of that, like in in the context of another body part? Like, yeah, we got we got Jerry leg leg ripped. Like, <laughs> just something <laughs> ridiculous. Like, yeah. Hey, Alex, what's Alex's last name again? I think it's Cut Abs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Cut out. <laughs>